It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today we're going to do a pitch deck investment, see if they manage to qualify for all seven of our qualifications to uh, the seven tips to a successful investment deck. Number one, are they going to identify the business plan goals? Two, do they know their audience? Three, will they understand the market? Number four, are they going to identify needs and roadblocks? Number five, will they know what sets the business apart? Six, will they introduce the team and products? Number seven, will they create a summary? Can't wait to find out. All right, today we're looking at grassroots. This is from a Benzinga conference 2019, latest deck that we could find. So looking at uh, what makes them different right off the bat, hopefully that's their uh, secret sauce or what makes them different. So they are operational excellence. They have vertical integration. Unlike here in Washington, they have a standard operating procedures developed and refined to be successful in the highly regulated markets with unmatched experience. Talking about leadership. Hopefully we'll get to see some of uh, those folks. I'm um, talking about success in law and healthcare, energy, commercial real estate and investing. Uh, they have some market share in Illinois, Pennsylvania and Vermont financial condition they've raised 75 million in equity to date this is as of 2019 so we'll see kind of what they were trying to do they only had six million in debt back then proceeds of the current convertible note raise are earmarked for the build out of a recently light of one license and expansion in uh, states with response to growing demand merger acquisition and other growing initiatives with 365 million of projected revenue last year brands they have a strong retail focus Building brands, national dispensary brand under the name Herbology, with the focus on branded products to address the medical, nutritional, wellness, and recreational market. Let's see. So throwing out strategic vision, they got a vertical integration with limited license on medical markets, deep scale in each market, and then continuing to operate with value to winning licenses and supplement licenses with strategic acquisitions leverage the extensive retail experience with their management, expand and refine company portfolio, and continue to execute across their uh, four business sectors of agriculture, manufacturing process, and retail. Okay. Oh, little snake. You haven't seen this diagram before, Josh. I have. It's called Shoots and Ladders. This is the <laughs> cannabis version. And um, if you get high up here, then you slide all the way down and then <laughs> that's where you end. I have no idea. This is some kind of company timeline that goes into the fourth dimension. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to skip I, that. I, I appreciate their effort. Uh, uh, this is a, a timeline and they have so much on this slide that the timeline just you know, goes back and forth across the page several times, like shoots and ladders. And uh, I, I think I literally they could... don't want to take the time to figure out even how to read it. Um, it's not yeah. hard, but I'm, I... I'm just moving on. <laughs> yeah. So they got a national footprint as of 2019. Uh, California is a huge market. They were in Florida and uh, New York at the time, apparently, um, as well as uh, Nevada. So looks like they've got a few dispensaries in Illinois and Ohio and Oklahoma, Vermont, Connecticut, Arkansas, Michigan, North Dakota. They were pursuing the North, uh, the New York and North Dakota, Ohio, Michigan, Massachusetts, Maryland, Arizona, California, and Florida market. 
Big player. It's a lot out there. So here's their national footprint, kind of talks about all of those states and then where they are with their market structure for medical and adult use down to their licenses split between cultivation processing and dispensing and then um, what their management structure is. So if they're operating them or whether they want to open them. And then at the very bottom talks about 2020 expected revenue of 10 billion in Illinois, 103 Wait, not billion. That's not billion. 100, 108 million. I said 10 billion. I meant 108 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I like this chart. It is busy. There is a lot of information on this chart, but it does tell you state by state yeah. what the total addressable market is, uh, how many licenses they have, and they address their competition. They have one in Illinois, they have one cultivation license and 10 dispensary licenses, uh, but there's only eight dispensaries operating. So this information is invaluable. I love this chart. Busy as it is, it hits very good things all at once. Most of us are used to Excel spreadsheets. So this one doesn't take a lot of time to look at. Um, it's, it's pretty, you know, there's a lot of information that's packed in here and that's good. That's a good thing because I can just sit here and stare at this thing for a while. What I really am, am kind of looking at obviously is the bottom line. Um, as soon as I figure out what those numbers mean. <laughs> uh, Ohio is almost triple that of Nevada. So I found that kind of interesting. And then Pennsylvania at 103 million is, is it just as close as Illinois or that was their expectation i think now with illinois being wreck it's much different but um yeah these numbers are really interesting to look at back then but i love the graph uh, yeah use this i like this <laughs> yeah definitely copy that um grassroots portfolio so herbology um that's the retail and then they've shown us some uh, products and then with the wellness sector and lifestyle brand um so finally getting to see some of the products they have. Yeah. So then they dive into herbology and what that's all about with their dispensaries, connecting uh, all walks of life to the most effective cannabis products. Mm. And then grassroots, the premium product line, talking about exclusive genetics, unique um, products, mm. like some edibles. So they do get into some, some edibles in the health and wellness premium and trusted medical brand. Some revenue here. 2017, um, looking at revenue was about 12 million, then it hit uh, 30 million. That was expected in 2018. 163 was expected 2019, uh, 368, 2020, and expecting almost half a million this year. My guess is he probably blew past that as because of, of acquisitions of new stores. Um, 488 million is, is nothing. Um, California made that last month. Yeah. Um, so retail and processing and growing, talking about revenue by segments. Um, great, great slide for them for, you know, anything that's vertical, you kind of want to see where your money maker is at probably not going to be the, the agriculture, the growth for very long, it's going to be um, a lot of the processing and then mostly in uh, retail. 
especially if, if you're looking at commercial real estate. I was uh-huh. the, the McDonald's model wasn't just flipping burgers. It was real estate. Mm-hmm. Looking at revenue uh, by, by state, another great um, chart here with all of the states they have. You want to see kind of where the money makers are at. You can see between Arkansas and Connecticut, Vermont, Oklahoma, Michigan, Nevada, North Dakota, Ohio, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Illinois from 2019 and 20, and then what they're expected to have in 2021, uh, well, and 2020, really. So not bad. Nice chart again. Very, very interesting. Their margins in... Their margins in uh, 2019 were 38 and then 42% in 2020 and then 44% in 2021. That would be nice. If they actually got those numbers, that would be nice. Yeah. All right, competitive advantages. Uh, One of them is experience with the management team. Hopefully they actually show us that. They got an excellent track record of winning licenses with cultivation space and scaling up. They've got the unique footprint in key markets uh, and future opportunities in other markets with a retail focus and real estate expertise. Okay. So they did give us some of the team members, some names here, I guess we can look those up ourselves i guess um they kind of tell us where they're where they're from or what they did they don't really say who they are yeah they they don't uh attach experience or expertise with an individual i mean we we can google that at least we can google that so that's good yeah it's better than not having that in there well i guess they did kind of break it down from the team so what is this that's the partners so the partners, they, yeah, I would start with the team first and then the generic partners. Because um, this is who you want to see. You want to make sure that this isn't the, you know, MedMen guys who, by the way, uh, they secretly or quietly uh, got absorbed into some California dispensary group that is trying to use both of those guys from MedMen uh, very mm-hmm. quietly um, to utilize their expertise and putting that in quotes to, uh, get their MSO thing. So you kind of want to invest in the team, right? You want to make sure that um, those individuals are going to be able to do what they say. That's why it's important to take a look at these guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Breaking the team down. They got some finance folks in there. It's great. Director of real estate. That's important for an MSO. So grassroots uh, movement and inclusive born from the ground up led by people from all walks of life who come together in advance common passion their name reflects this type of movement and collaborative culture and spirit behind it so they give them some values here what they're all about and that is it i i just want to make a comment on their team they had two of six had a background in financials um and it shows with their slide their Mm. their their speech pitch deck was very financial focused and that is glorious if 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 i could just give them a point for the number amount depth of financials that they provided i uh, they should get a bonus point just for that and the reason is they have so many finance people on their team yeah they're really allowing you know people to make uh a, a good investment choice, you know, here's some information, do your own due diligence, all of that. So that's great. Rather than hype, you know, that we were so accustomed to of, of, Hey, buy this before it's too late, you know, and 
really, if, if it's all about the financials, they're going to give you all of that. So you can make that decision and you just don't see that generally. So yeah, um, yeah interesting. Uh, so looking at the seven tips to a successful investment deck, number one, did they identify the business plan goals? Yes. I agree. Number two, do they know their audience? Do they know the investor? They certainly know what the investor is looking for, uh, heavily reliant on uh, financials in this case, but yes, they use the buzzwords, et cetera. So they get a point. Mm -hmm. Do they understand the market? I think they definitely understand the market given their focus on controlling their costs and all of the charts, there was more than one chart comparing Illinois to Pennsylvania and what's different and what the cost margins are different in each state and what, what the expected sales of each state are. So yes, they get a point. And then how about identifying needs and roadblocks? Yes and no. I'm going to give them a half a point for, for that one, Josh, because they did identify that there is competition in these states and they did break down. We only have one of 10 licenses and, and things such as that in these states, which is very important, um, but they didn't name a competitor, especially with all the MS, MSOs out there. They didn't say, this is why we're different than MedMen. They didn't say, this is why we're different than Curaleaf or how we're doing it better. But they did, in fact, indicate that they were not alone. They are not the best in the universe and no one even comes close. So I'm going to give them a half a point, Josh. All right. And then knowing it's what sets the business apart, I think they made a, an attempt at that. Was it enough to secure a full point? Yes, because of their financials. All right. Yeah. And then they did have like a little blurb about what, how they felt and how they were moving forward and trying to differentiate themselves. It would have been better again, going back to kind of number four and what sets the, them apart. You kind of need to throw the competitors under the bus to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did introduce the team and products. I think that's enough for a full point. Yeah. And then what about um, a call to action? Did they create enough of a summary? Not really. Now, uh, before we started uh, this podcast, we were discussing whether or not this is a publicly create, uh, traded company or not. Um, and there was no call to action, no information about the raise. Um, there was contact information. If you're interested, call us. So it wasn't just a, a dead stop, but there's no information uh, about what the deal terms are, et cetera, which may be because it's a publicly traded company. So I'll give them a half a point there. All right. Well, rounding up, that's an 86%. Not bad. Six out of seven. That's on the very high end of, um, you know, the, the scores that we offer. And they had some really good um, graphs in there. So. Yeah, this is, I think, one of the best pitch decks that I've seen come through the talking hedge. Uh, and it was their charts and their financials. If you mm -hmm. want to get a high score on the talking hedge from Katrina, give me charts about financials. Uh, and and they, that's really how they blew it out of the park uh, with this particular pitch deck, Josh. Yeah, I think after Thanksgiving, um, you know, around Christmas time, 2021, uh, later on this year, I'm going to have to go through, you know, the, the 40 or uh, 
probably closer to 50 now uh, that we have and try to grab like all of the best slides and then maybe do a recap on that as an investment deck. That might be kind of an interesting uh, take on that. So if I'm bored enough uh, during the holidays, if my in-laws are driving me nuts, you guys are going to see a pretty cool episode. You have to come back to the talking head and find out with that. I'm going to roll this one up. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Gogowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the talking hedge. Thanks, Josh. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. Is a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.